And right now I don't have my glasses, so I don't really know how I'm going to read this. But we shall continue, okay? The first edition of Car Racing of the Blind, we are going to take the 1985 Ferrari 288 GTO lent to us by my friend Beavers. And uh, we're going to compare it to the twin turbo newest 458 blah, 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 Fiat, Italian trash, whatever you want to call it, new Ferrari, and see what they are back to back, okay? And this is not a joke because blind people, whether you became blind later in life or you were blind from birth. You know what a car is, some like them, some don't. They smell good, they don't. But you know what? Car racing for the blind. It's not about, just listen, all right? Tune in, it'll be at the next episode. Hope you like it. Again, old Ferrari meets new Ferrari. Car racing for the blind is the section. No joke. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your patronage. Gene Wilder, as Mr. Willy Wonka said, that a little nonsense now and then is cherished by the wisest men. You know, I was thinking about that. The wisest men got us where we are today in most of the shh in the world that hit the f and not all of it's hit the f and there's still too much shh, if you know what I mean. So if these wise men cherish nonsense, I'd say don't cherish nonsense and tell them to go screw themselves and think about something more important. But it does not negate the importance of a little nonsense every now and then. But I wouldn't cherish it. So here comes something not so funny. Uh, that was not what I, to which I was referring. And I'm gonna read you a little story. Some may call it good old fashioned journalism. <laughs> Hold on, my producer's talking to me. No, oh, he, they called me a journalist. I'm not a, Okay, if I'm a journalist, then we're gonna go deep, okay? So the next story is concerning the antiquity of hate, or shall we say ambivalence, or shall we say, I wouldn't go so far as to say callousness, callous, but definitely indifferent. Mm, I think it's more than that, you be the judge. So some may call it good old fashioned Jew hating. Others may call it xenophobia. But here's a story that is true. And tell me what you think about the United Snakes of America. The Republic stands. God bless us all. And who were the seven black presidents before Washington? I just want to know. And are they still alive? Probably. All right. Here it comes. Coming at you. Real jur <laughs> journalism. Okay. I got it. Hi, Shannon here. Just to remind you, the more things stay the same, the more things change. On May 13th, 1939, a ship carrying 936 passengers or so departed from Hamburg, Germany on its way to Havana, Cuba. Most of the people on board the SS St. Louis were German Jews. They held documents from the United States Immigration Services that guaranteed them from our embassies uh, and other sources, guaranteed them that their eventual passage onward to the United States, again, this is 1939, they were going to Cuba only to get out of Germany, okay? But they would wait and their number would come up on the 
American Quota Q, which is, at this point, backed up for months. Sound familiar? Okay. Now, the excitement on board the ship was palpable. Palpable. You could taste it. Many people, they had booked their, (laughs) not only their tickets, but packed their clothes, their families, everything they had, their life savings, absolutely everything, in order to buy a ticket on this liner. So arriving with lots of things, by the time they got there, they had the little money they could to get on the ship. With a note from the God bless the United States of America guaranteeing them safe passage and immigration guaranteeing them passage to the United States. Well, for them, the hope in America is what It's the pinnacle of what people's hope for America is for those who don't understand what it used to be. What it is for some today in their own way, their own language, whether they're a family or it's one person of the family or it's the only person going, someone alone, giving up their life savings to buy a ticket to this place called the USA. For these people, German Jews, it meant an end to terror a terror-ridden existence. Terror like we don't know. Yeah, someone holds you up in an alley. Okay, bang, you're dead, or you shoot them, or you fight, or you beg. You don't know. But these people face terror, terror in their daily existence. They had endured since Nazis came to power, but even before that, with good old-fashioned Jew-hating ideology. Unfortunately, Getting away from that terror and the new reign of terror would not be that simple. When the St. Louis ship arrived in Havana, friends and families arrived at the port to greet the the travelers. But the authorities refused to let them disembark, arguing that Cuba and Cuban visas had been improperly processed. Over the next few days, weeks, months, and I'm sure what seemed like decades and eons to these people on board and those, the loved ones, waiting for their loved ones to disembark, they were torturous days. While the Cuban immigration authorities and a bevy of lawyers, uh, oh yes, argued over what to do with a boat of 930 souls escaping the Nazi regime, terrified, hungry, scared. The St. Louis, or the St. Louis as they called it, became a kind of floating prison Policemen patrolled the docks, watching out for anyone who might attempt to jump ship and swim ashore. At night, searchlights passed up and down like you were in 
a concentration camp, like you were in a high-security prison on the inside. The, the searchlights, they went up, they panned up, they panned down. They looked for passengers trying to move to, a, to somewhere, to a railing, to slip off under the cover of darkness. Families, they even hired small boats, the ones that could afford it, and rowed out to greet this ship liner, this ocean liner. Shouting up to the people who stood sobbing at the ship's rail. A woman aboard the ship popped her two babies up in a window in a vain attempt to show, show them to her husband who paddled his rowboat, a canoe even, below the railing, the window, to see his baby children. Others tried, frustratingly, to communicate through sign language, but the situation was hopeless. On the shore, the Cuban government and a loot, or how we, shall we say, a host of corrupt rivals to the Cuban government couldn't agree on how, how much, hmm, how much should uh, we extort from these families that sold everything to, <sighs> sold everything to a state of being so desperate that just being on the ship to save their loved ones themselves, they wanted to extort money from these people. So it ordered the St. Louis to sail back to Germany. It sent 930 Jews back to Nazi Germany. This was their decision prompting a near mutiny, huh, near. Two people attempted suicide, at least, that we know of, and dozens of others threatened to do so, while authorities hurriedly contacted other countries, hoping to find someone, someone, who would accept these people. Cables were sent to President Roosevelt, pleading that he intervene on the Jews' behalf, that he, American president, he whose hands only could free them, claimed that they were tied by public tied by the public of his constituency, largely indifferent to the plight of the Jews, and in some cases, vocally anti-Semitic. If you think there's an implication that that includes government officials of the United States and people speaking on our behalf, you would not be wrong. But it isn't easy finding someone to tell and write the truth like that. And when they do, it gets erased pretty easily. Well, let me tell you. The St. Louis 
left Cuba and it wandered throughout the Atlantic Ocean, homeless, drifting, like the Jews in the desert, like one of the meanings of Hebrew, the strangers, the people without a home, a poignant symbol of the Jewish dilemma. So less than a thousand souls, Roosevelt was busy having offered these people entry into the United States and turning his back on them. Finally, it was a month after they had left port in Havana. The St. Louis was allowed to land in Belgium. Most of the passengers were given French fries and beer. I'm kidding. They were given clearance to stay there. They could stay in Belgium or go on to England, France, or Holland if they had the means. They were free, if only temporarily. Yet throughout this entire ordeal, the country, they had dreamed, literally dreamed of joining. The country we live in now, the country we're upset with some politicians and proud of our past. I think there's paying forward that has to be done. That's my opinion, Shannon. But I will tell you, the country they dreamed of joining, where we live today, where we have hot and cold running water for almost every person. The few under a bridge have access still to hot and cold running water that doesn't give you dysentery. And out of the 200-something countries in this world, I'd like to know how many that can offer you that. And that's not all we offer. Right now we offer blue skies, clear and clean, and they smell wonderful with no polluting airplanes flying through them. But that means no people flying to the States either. We're all doing the best. But remember, if you think you've had difficulty getting somewhere, This is a nation of greatness, of endless means, of problem solving and coming together. If we had officially offered them little more than a bed and a dock, a place to get off. Maybe even a bureaucratic backhand off the face saying you're going to have to be an alien until you get your official citizenship. They'd say thank you. Thank you for not putting me back on a ship to Nazi Germany in May of 1939. For I am Jewish. And there are many ways to be Jewish. At least five. By birth, by culture now, by language, by religion, by conversion. Remember that, people. 
That's my little note. I will leave us there and tell you that that ship was not allowed to America. We will continue this story later. But when you think this country isn't giving you enough, and I don't mean to sound like JFK, ask what you can do to make up for the B that hit the f that this country's responsible for. And I love this country, and the Republic stands. But you know what? Take a risk. Help somebody. Six foot distancing? Someone falls down, you help them. You'll get over the flu. Don't you worry about it. Or you won't. But maybe you'll save someone. Maybe you'll save a soul. And maybe that soul will be your soul. God bless us all. Good night. I'm Shannon Alexa.